At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Florida Matters. I'm Bradley George. Our neighbors to the north love to visit Florida. And no, I'm not talking about Georgia. This is the time of year when snowbirds flock to the Sunshine State. Usually they're retirees from the Midwest and Canada who are looking to escape long, cold winters. But not this year. Many are staying put due to the pandemic. And for Canadians, the U.S. border is closed. So what effect is the snowbird slowdown having on the Tampa Bay region's economy? That's what I asked Santiago Corrada, CEO of Visit Tampa Bay. We spoke on Zoom last week, just before Thanksgiving. Santiago, just started off just telling me um, what what have the last few months been like in terms of, of tourism in the Tampa area? Well, you know, I've likened it to a roller coaster ride, you know, uh, with its ups and downs and, and thrills. And, and sometimes if you're not aware of what's coming, the surprises, you know, back in February, we were setting tourism record numbers. Uh, February, just this past February, you know, our hotel occupancy in Hillsborough County was 87.8%. That means almost every nine out of every 10 hotel rooms at every property were occupied. And then in mid-March, uh, you know, we were hit hard and fast by the pandemic. Occupancy dropped to about 50%. And then in April, we were down to 22%. And so uh, we had to evolve as an organization. We had to uh, make some, some very tough decisions. Uh, we turned into, instead of a selling and marketing organization, really a management organization, letting the industry know what was happening. We were seeing so many mandates from the state level, from the local level, we wanted to make sure our industry was knowledgeable of these changes that were being put into place. And uh, then we were preparing to market in a responsible way when it was safe to travel and when all of our stakeholders here had taken those necessary safety precautions. So, you know, information provider, a resource, putting together webinars with the industry, with, uh, with the medical community to make sure that when we were reopening, we were doing it in a safe fashion. You know, we don't want to be a cause of a surge in the virus. We want to make sure that our visitors feel that they're safe and that our people here feel that they're safe welcoming visitors. So, you know, a lot of preparation had to take place. We started marketing uh, in June when things started to slow down. Uh, and then we had a spike in July. So, again, we had to, to turn things off and wait. And now we're back out there marketing in a very safe and responsible way uh, making sure that that those individuals that already travel, those families, uh, will come and feel that they're doing it in a safe uh, and responsible way. But it's a very personal decision, right, to travel. You have to make that decision uh, on what you think is best for yourself. And so I can tell you that, you know, as a tourism travel professional, I, I walk the talk. And I travel and I do it in a safe and responsible way. And I've been doing it all throughout the pandemic, but I wear a mask and I wash up and I keep my distance uh, and I carry my sanitation bottle with me and I'm constantly cleaning my hands and I have never felt any ill effects. 
but again, you know, you have to do it in a very responsible way. So again, making sure that we're out there marketing uh, and bringing visitors here that want to do it uh, in the right way. So what is that marketing message and, and who are you, uh, who are you aiming it at? Well, you know, we, we have some very brilliant minds uh, that we work with uh, as far as our marketing partners, uh, Expedia, Travelocity, Adara, our agency, FKQ. Those images are, uh, you know, obviously that we have wide open spaces here in Tampa Hillsborough County, that we have a beautiful river walk that you can socially distance on, that our attractions have taken the necessary precautions to keep you safe. Bush Gardens, Zoo Tampa, the Florida Aquarium, uh, you know, our Museum of Art. So really highlighting those very safe activities that you can have and really doing it in, in a not a in-your-face kind of way, right? You know, there's nothing sexy about somebody, you know, scrubbing a floor. But if you show pristine locations and you show uh, that, you know, masks are required, uh, things of that nature, I think that boosts consumer confidence and you get someone who will say, you know, that's not a bad idea to go there and enjoy, enjoy some time away from home and some of the things that are going on at home. And, and in some cases, pretty soon now, you're going to have some parts of the country that are going to be experiencing adverse uh, uh, climate conditions. You know, when you start having snow and you have you know, temperatures starting to dip in the, in the teens and in the 20s, there may be some individuals around the country that are willing to travel and to do it safely. So this is usually the the start of the peak time of year for uh, for snowbirds, uh, mostly from the Midwest and from Canada. Uh, the Midwest is a COVID hotspot right now. The Canadian border continues to be closed. What kind of impact are we seeing from the from the loss of uh, snowbird uh, visitors to, to our area? Well, I can tell you, you know, our snowbirds uh, normally don't stay in hotels, right? They they have some some. Uh, places available to them for longer stays, but then they impact our economy in different ways. They get out there and they shop and they get out there and eat. Uh, so we're obviously seeing that piece of the puzzle missing. I often, I often uh, liken our tourism picture to a picture that has many pieces to it. And right now we are missing international travel. Uh, we've seen the effects of that. We know that international travelers stay longer and spend more than domestic travelers. Obviously, if you're coming from a long distance away, you're going to stay a longer time to enjoy, you know, the fruits of that travel. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we're missing, you know, those, those states where there are some serious quarantine regulations. You know, if, you, if you're going to travel here, uh, there are no quarantine uh, restrictions. But if you're going back home, then you have to quarantine for 14 days if, if that exists in your state where you're coming from. So obviously, we're missing that. And I want to say right now, normally, you know, our hotel occupancy is in the 70s, and we're hovering right around 50. So I would say we're missing about 20% to 25% of our business. And that's because we're missing those pieces to the puzzle. Uh, I know Visit Florida, you mentioned international visitors. I know Visit Florida has been trying to uh, target uh, visitors, especially in the UK and in Canada, not for immediate travel, but once the once the pandemic recedes and it's safe again, are you looking at any kind of strategies like that to to attract international visitors oh, no, back I, to this region? I, no, absolutely. We're part of that Visit Florida uh, strategy. You know, we've been a strong Visit Florida partner and member for many many years. So obviously, the images that they will be projecting are our images, and we will be working with them. And obviously, you know, we have representation in in the UK and in Germany and in Brazil 
that are on standby when you know the green light is there to travel internationally. And, and I can tell you that we know that a lot of our airlines are waiting for some of those restrictions to fall away to resume service uh, to our t great international airport. So I think we're going to have to be patient as you know this pandemic continues to do its thing, and maybe there are vaccines and treatments in place that again boost that consumer confidence in travel. Uh, but again, like I said, you know this thing changes by by the moment. I couldn't tell you today what next month might look like because we saw a very drastic change between February and March, which were, were just one month apart, and so. Uh, we're just going to have to be very, very patient, patient, cautious, and optimistic uh, that things will get better. And quite honestly, uh, hovering around 50% occupancy is not bad compared to other destinations that we're watching that are still in the 20% and 30% occupancy range, but normally we're in the mid-70s. So we know that there's about 25%, 20 to 30% uh, part of business that's missing. Uh, the Super Bowl is coming up in a couple of months, and you know that was going to be a big draw for visitors to the to the region. It still could be, maybe perhaps not the numbers that we were expecting. What are what's your projection? What are your thoughts for what uh, the Super Bowl is going to look like in terms of the number of visitors that we see uh, see in the Tampa area? Well, you know, I, you know, I, I I describe the Super Bowl as you know a fantastic game, but with a week of buildup to it, and then sometimes even some days after it, right? And not everyone that goes to a Super Bowl host destination uh, may have a ticket to the game. So uh, depending on fan capacity, et cetera, you know, we, we may still see a lot of people travel to the destination to be a part of that Super Bowl experience, knowing that, you know, not everyone's going to be able to get into the stadium anyway. And it's unlike any other Super Bowl we've hosted. So again, the media exposure, the opportunity for people to travel, and again, we're having a conversation in November, and who knows what February looks like. And that's when the Super Bowl is scheduled to happen. So many things can change between now and February. And you know what? Uh, we're in a great position that we have a Super Bowl to start our 2021 year. Uh, I think many other cities would love to be in that position to be able to not only highlight their city, their area, their region, but also possibly welcome visitors that could spur that economy that is so, so tied to tourism. You know, when you talk about our industry, you're, you're talking about retail, you're talking about restaurants, you're talking about lodging, you're talking about the venues and attractions that come along with that. So there's so many tentacles to tourism that are impacted by the visitor economy. And so uh, we, can, we can see some of that uh, return here in, in February. And like I said before, you know, we, we, we're talking about different changes here. You know, there's talk of vaccines being available in December. So who knows how much can happen between now and February 7th. All right, uh, Santiago, I think that's it for my questions. Anything else you'd like to add? No, no. You know, uh, again, we're doing, I think we're doing as well as we possibly can under the circumstances as far as tourism. Uh, certainly, we'd all love to be back at record-breaking numbers like we were seeing in February. Uh, I think that will come. I think our area will probably bounce back better and sooner than most. We're already starting to see that incremental growth. We've seen it. I mean, when we were talking back in, in April, we were at 22% occupancy. Right now, we're almost at 50% occupancy, and we, we could be normally in the 70s. So I think when we bring back international travel, when we bring back these big events that we're known for uh, hosting, 
and we bring back meetings and conventions and groups. You know, the cruise industry is offline. I think we could very well be back to normal or even better than normal sooner than later. So we just have to be patient and wait for these pieces to fall back into place. That's Santiago Corrada, CEO of Visit Tampa Bay. I spoke to him just before Thanksgiving. You're listening to Florida Matters. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment. This is Florida Matters on WUSF 89.7. I'm Bradley George. So just how many snowbirds visit Florida each year? It's hard to say, but Rich Doty came up with an estimate. He's a researcher at the University of Florida's Bureau of Economic and Business Research. We spoke via Zoom. So, Rich, starting off, what does your research show, or, or more importantly, what does it not show about snowbirds uh, in Florida this year during the pandemic, whether or not they've, they're traveling to the state uh, as maybe they have in years past? Right. Um, we, we produce the official population estimates and projections for the state of Florida, but they are of permanent residents only for our contract with the Florida legislature. Um, and there, there really just isn't very good, uh, a lot of good data on seasonal population. Now, we do produce estimates of snowbirds for the 16 counties that are part of the Southwest Florida Water Management District. We do it uh, under a separate contract for them. Um, it would include, you know, Tampa, St. Petersburg, Sarasota, you know, places that have a lot of snowbird population. Um, the methodology... We have a little bit less uh, confidence in than the methodology that we used to develop estimates of permanent population, but we think it's it's reasonable. And uh, so we do have 2020 estimates as of April 1st of snowbird population for those 16 counties. So uh, you know, for some of those counties, it's a significant uh, percentage of the population. But these are this is all pre-pandemic, and we don't know exactly what's happened what the effect of the pandemic is on, on snowbirds. We've heard a lot of anecdotal information about snowbirds not heading north for the winter. And given the fact that the growth uh, in electrical customer data, which we use to develop estimates of population, has been much more robust than we would have anticipated during the pandemic, we're wondering if if that growth may be artificially inflated by snowbirds that have decided to stay put um, and stay in Florida. So that, that's a possibility. Obviously, there's been, I think, a migration um, from a lot of metropolitan areas um, to uh, Florida during the pandemic, people realizing they can work uh, remotely. And so if they can work remotely, uh, they'd rather be in warmer temperatures. And so um, we've heard a lot of anecdotal reports, particularly from South Florida, about that. We don't have any real data um, that we can use to, to really quantify that um, at this time. We won't have it for, unfortunately, you know, quite some time, um, at least a year. So looking at those numbers that you provided, it's interesting. You know, there aren't surprises when I look at, you know, Manatee, Sarasota, Pinellas County, uh, Charlotte County, you would expect large numbers of, of uh, snowbirds there. I was surprised to see uh, counties like Highlands County, uh, Citrus County, Polk County, the either that are that are more inland counties, or in, in Citrus's case, that's a more that's a more rural locale uh, that also have large numbers of uh, of snowbird populations. Yeah, I think the snowbirds just aren't aren't just locating on the coast. I think that's sort of the 
you know, when we think of, we tend to think of uh, Sarasota and Venice and, and Pinellas County and places like that. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of mobile home parks, RV parks, and other developments and residences that uh, tend to cater towards uh, snowbirds. Um, the villages, for example, has a significant population of snowbirds that, that winter there. But, uh, but, yeah, I think in looking at property parcel data in counties like Polk, and Highlands, even some of the agricultural counties around, uh, other agricultural counties around the Kipchoge, there's, uh, there's a significant amount of development that tends to cater to uh, winter residents. It's not, it's not a big surprise to us, but it's not traditionally what you would think of as, as a, a haven for snowbirds. So as you said uh, at the beginning, we don't, have, we don't have very good data in terms of the impact of, of the pandemic on, on the snowbird populations in Florida. Is there anything going forward that you're trying to do in, in, in your research to, to try to get some better figures on how, um, how the pandemic might have impacted some of, these, uh, some of these people coming in and out of the state? Uh, well, we, we won't have much to work with until the decennial census data becomes available, but uh, somewhere around the third quarter of next year. And that's data that we can use to, obviously they don't count snowbird populations. They only count people in the primary point of residence, but there is data that they release on housing units that are available for seasonal, recreational, or occasional use that we can match with hospital admissions data to try to estimate um, snowbird populations. And so at that point, we'll know more, but we really won't have much data to, to use you know, in, in the intro. Yeah, well, we do appreciate you sharing what to, what you do know with us. So uh, thanks again for, for making time for us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Take care. That was Rich Doty of the University of Florida's Bureau of Economic and Business Research. And that's our show for this week. Denora Prevost is our producer. I'm Bradley George. Thanks for listening to Florida Matters, and I hope you'll join us again next week.